Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello everybody and welcome to Blue Murder Club, where we'll be discussing all things eerie, menacing and outright disturbing. From murders to the unexplained, unsolved and supernatural. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Carol. And this week we're going to be viewing Jack the Ripper. What a case, Loz. I know, how'd you find it? Overwhelming, is it in a word? Yes. I've got so many notes here and I'm telling you, I think I've got about, I want to say at least... Six, seven, full, front to and back. <laughs> front pages. and back. Yeah. Pages. Yeah. yeah, me too. And I've got loads of bits tucked away on my laptop as well. It's, yeah. a, it's funny because when we decided to do this case, I I think I picked it because I said, oh, it's one of my favourites. <laughs> yes. And I've not really seen a lot about it. No. Anyway, when you start digging, I couldn't have been more wrong. I know exactly what you mean. And I think the more... You start to scratch the surface of one thing. I went down a complete and utter rabbit hole with um, the Whitechapel murders. Yeah. Which has somewhat to do with Jack the Ripper, but not a great deal. But Mm. I was there, I think I said to you, three hours it took me. (laughs) And I was there just looking at all this stuff. There's so much stuff, isn't there? How many people got murdered then in that area? Yeah, in that time frame. That time frame. And I know loads happened Mm. that long. I'm so sorry. Yeah, things happened that long ago, but yeah. to to have that many murders in one place is just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's um Yeah, it's yeah, there's so much going on. You can see why there's a lot of um speculation about just how many victims there were. Yeah. Obviously, you've got the core five women, which is what we're yes. going to cover today. Yeah. So we've split that between the, um, the two of us, haven't we? So you're mm-hmm. doing uh, two of the women and I'm doing three of the women. Yeah. Um, so before we before we um, start going into that, mm-hmm. I thought we could talk a little bit about the um, area of Whitechapel. Yeah, let's do it. Um, obviously, we're both from London, or yeah. we live near London now, so that's an area that we go to sometimes. We all go to Spitalfields Market and yeah. the surrounding areas, and yeah. um, we've actually drunk in the Ten Bells pub before, yeah. which is the pub where the ladies, where the uh, sex workers used to frequent, so it's it's a brilliant, it's brilliant. If anybody out there isn't aware of it, it's very unchanged, the East End. Yeah, my dad was brought up around there as well, so yeah. whenever we'd go that way to see his side of the family, he'd yeah. always say to me, oh, this so-and-so about Jack the Ripper. And <laughs> oh, I, really? But where we done it a lot about a lot of things, I yeah. always used to go, yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're driving around, yeah. and they're like, oh, did I ever tell you that story about... Yeah. And then in the end, you just think, oh, Dad, stop. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah. And then it was only when I took my son on one of the walks, not a proper one, but just yeah. our own one, I thought, oh, we weren't lying. He was telling the <laughs> truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like a bit of first-hand like, local knowledge, really, isn't no, there? No, exactly. And that's why I couldn't recommend more than the Jack the Ripper walks that picked up every day at 6 o'clock outside um, Tower Hill Station. Again, that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant walk. We've got to do it. They yes. do it, um, the beef eaters work in the Tower of London and they're <gasps> your guides. Wow. So obviously they've got the big voices, so you don't struggle to hear what they're saying and they've got you know, second to none local knowledge. They know the streets, like the back of their hand. They know the story so well. Um, and they tell the story really well. I've done it three times now, and obviously I'm going to take you. Hey. <laughs> so that'll be my fourth time. I can't wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah. I really am looking forward to it. 
yeah it'll be it'll be a really good day yeah um just a touch as well just talking of good days yesterday me and lauren were lucky enough to be guests at crime con oh, uk absolutely amazing experience mm-hmm. could highly recommend it yeah it um, was so so good we didn't we wasn't expecting we, we didn't know what to expect no, we didn't we really didn't and i didn't think again we did this quite a lot maybe that's just us Mm. biting off a bit more than we can show. But yeah, the thing, we were very lucky to do most experiences there. Yeah. And we, I think from the minute we was there, it was just get-go, wasn't it, from the whole day? Yeah, we were very excited. There was some, um, cr- you know, royalty of the crime world were there. We didn't yeah. even realise till we got there. So we got to see lecture by Paul Britton, the jigsaw man. And Colin Sutton. Yeah, we got to have a chat with Colin Sutton. And a picture which we can put on our Instagram. Yeah, we'll share our picture yeah. with um, Colin Sutton on our Instagram. And um, yeah, we had a, the best day. I can thoroughly recommend it for anybody who fancies going next year and getting tickets. It's well worth it. I would thoroughly 100%, recommend it. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Full of podcast. All your favourite podcasters were there as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. It was that good. We were even considering looking at booking now to go next year yeah that's Cause, true yeah because we had such a blast we didn't realize it was over two days so we've missed the natural day yeah we've missed today but um yeah you might get to realize I, over the next few episodes just how eager and keen lauren can be about things <laughs> so on the train last night this lauren saying to me so next year what we're gonna do is we're gonna do the whole two days we'll get our hotel i <laughs> oh, there already in my head we've booked it we're there yeah living our best life and we'll give a shout out to Paula, our friend that we made yesterday. Oh yeah, hi Paula. Yeah, and obviously Colin Sutton and Paul Britton, if you're oh, lucky enough amazing. to listen to this. Yes. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So there we are. Yeah. Anyway, so back to today, Jack the Ripper. We're going to Whitechapel, <sighs> East End, London, eighteen eighty-eight. Very smoggy, I'd say. Very dark and a gloomy. It's, yeah. It's the end. Of, where we pick it up, it's the end of August. So you can imagine it is smoggy. Mm-hmm. It's dirty. It's sticky. It's, yeah. It's one of the poorest places as well. I think in London at the time, overcrowding is a huge yeah. problem. Sanitary conditions and it's not great. next to nothing. Yeah. There's there's families sharing one room. Yeah. It's just not nice at all mm. and then the whole building will be sharing one outside lavatory yeah maybe a tap in the backyard for their washing facilities that's right and yeah. this is the kind of area it is yeah a lot of immigrants as well so there's a lot of obviously there's quite a bit of racial tension yeah um, oh that's right through this story which i was really surprised to be yes up on. exactly that 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 simmers throughout the whole story mm-hmm. if you have that in the back of your mind that simmers throughout the whole yeah. case Yep. And that did affect some of the major key decisions in in investigating this and case. It even leaded up to some suspects, didn't it, as well? Yes, exactly. Which we will get onto oh, at yeah. the end, actually. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren Lisa. and I have got our um, <laughs> I've got our suspects, which we will save till the end. Yeah. So yes, this is um, yeah, this is uh, August, eighteen eighty eight, and the reign of terror begins. Yep. So you can pick this up. So, Mary Nichols is found at three o four on August the thirty first by Charles Cross and he was on his way to work 
and as he was on his way he's seen something slumped and then as he's going to walk up to see him what this he didn't know it was a body at the time mm -hmm. he could have been anything again it's really smoggy quite really dark and as he's walking another man approached so they both together went and had a closer look and there was this body they've realized it's um a figure of something someone but they just again not sure if it was a man or woman it was just a slump mm. body laying there and when they got closer she they found it was a woman and she was laying on her back and her skirts were raised almost above her waist and deciding that they were both going to be late for work they thought well what we'll do is instead of going near the corpse or but I don't think she was a corpse at that time. She was just a body. And I think she was just breathing, but barely. Mm -hmm. They'll flag up a policeman on their way to work and then come back. Yeah. They'll get the policeman to come back and have a check. Because this is obviously long before you could just phone for a policeman. Yeah. There would be um, patrols. Beats, yeah. Yeah, so, so I suppose would you'd have the police on their beats just walking around. So they were going to get someone mm -hmm. like that to come and check. Sounds like quite an efficient way to police, really. Yeah, I yeah. do. I think they need to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, they've left. So as they've left, a PC Neil arrives on his route, on his beat, basically, around the area. And as he's gone to look at the victim, another PC's approached, who was alerted by Cross and Paul. So by the two guys have gone, like, this is the policeman. They've told they've found this woman laying now. Um, so as they've reached her, they've realised she's there, but barely, like mm -hmm. barely breathing, really, really yeah, on her last on her, steps, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's then examined on the on, uh, at the scene by a doctor, I can't pronounce this, can you, Lewin, is it? Lewin, yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And he pronounced her dead on at the scene by now. So she yeah. was barely breathing, she's now passed. Mm-hmm. And on closer examination, he summarised she couldn't have been dead more than half an hour. Yeah. So from that, he suspects the murderer would have still been on the scene, mm -hmm. which gives me complete chills. I don't like that. Yeah. So they think the murderer was there by the time Cross and Paul would have seen her. So basically... the. He was disturbed. Uh -huh. He probably wasn't finished with her, but because yeah. these men were on their way to work, he yeah. he's been disturbed and has probably yeah. just gone and tucked away. Tucked the corner. away, yeah. And that that's quite frightening to me. I think is it you? I don't. Yeah, it is. It's very sinister to think that he could have been actually like watching what was unfolding, seeing the two men discover her, and seeing the police come. And yeah, and the smog may have hidden him mm. as well. So that's why we keep saying about it because it was very dark and dreary. Yeah, all the crimes were committed at night. And the they? fault that he's there when this body's been found and he's still there. Mm. You know, it's, yeah, it's just not nice, is it? Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm going to go on to her injuries. So, both sides of her face was bruised. Mm -hmm. Her throat was sliced violently. So, and from one from one ear to a left ear to the middle to right ear, cutting a load of arteries. Mm -hmm. um, he violently sliced all over her abdomen, and it looked quite manic. It mm -hmm. looked quite frenzied. Frenzied, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But this is where they've kind of grasped that this most probably was done by a left-handed person. Did you know that? No, I didn't read because about that. the way of the cuts, the person holding the knife... Mm -hmm would have had to have done it from a certain angle and yeah. only a left-handed person mm -hmm. could have done it from that angle, apparently. Yeah. I suppose it depends whether or not he was facing her or if he was coming from her yeah. uh, like, and had his arm around her neck and yeah. was coming at her from behind. Mm. So that yeah, is so quite I interesting, though. Quite, yeah. yeah, quite an interesting little nugget that I'd found. Yeah. In the mix of it. So, yeah, that, that was her. So, she wasn't actually as mutated as the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it looks like she was... Uh, sorry, he was disturbed. Yeah. Before anything else. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like... Well, it sounds like typical Jack the Ripper MO, doesn't yeah. it? Where he's um, ended the life by slashing the neck mm -hmm. and then started to go to work on the abdomen. But yeah. before he could actually... 
you know, do what he needed, what he wanted to do. He was disturbed by yeah. these men on their way to work in the yeah. morning. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so that was... So, shall I move on to uh, Annie Chapman? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, what date was that... Sorry, what date was that that, um, that first one happened? The 31st of August, eight, 1988, eight, sorry. <laughs> and it's the 3.04 she was found. Okay, so here we are. This is moving up now to the 8th of September. So what's that? That's only just over oh, a week sorry, later. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. So, no, it's me. So on the 1st of September, the police learn of a leather apron man. Oh, okay. So they learn of this um, by the local prostitutes in the area. Mm-hmm. They've all put his name forward because they all find him quite menacing. And he's been extorting money from prostitutes for the last 12 months at this point. Yeah. So, again, like you were saying yesterday, more like a... A protection racket uh, and um, what they call it, pimps. Yeah, so he comes up then just before the Annie Chapman murder, which is, yeah, if you want to go on and tell. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, moving on, just about a week later, the 8th of September... Um, so we find a lady called, well, she was born Eliza Ann Smith in 1840 and she got married and she was known locally as Annie Chapman. Uh, she was 47 years of age at this point in time mm-hmm. and she had been a wife and a mother. She'd worked as a flower seller and a crochet, crocheter. Okay. Um, and her husband, she'd eventually split up her husband. He got I think there was quite a lot of alcohol and maybe a little bit of abuse in the relationship and she they split up. Okay. But he did continue to support her for quite a long time. Um, he used to give her allowance of about five shillings a week, which tidied her over. Okay. But at some point, I think he passed, he died, and so she now was a what they would call just a casual sex worker. Okay. So I know a lot of the time these women are portrayed just as just full-time sex workers yeah. but when you look at them a little bit close a little bit closer mm-hmm. most of them were wives mothers yeah they just fallen on hard times um they it wasn't their main occupation no not they at just all. did it casually and um yeah so most of these women they did do other they did have other forms of employment um if they were just this um particular instance here annie chapman she uh, was just a just a casual sex worker. Right. So um, she was um, she was discovered. Her body was discovered on the eighth of September, eighteen eighty eight. Oh. Very very early in the morning, um, at about six a.m. something like that. Okay. There was a man who lived. Um, it's a place called um, Hanbury Street. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty nine Hanbury Street. And um, when I did one of the Jack the Ripper walks, funnily enough, it's quite near the Ten Bells pub, this road. And um, the the guide took us down there and he said that the artist Tracy Emin now owns one of the houses. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't think Tracy actually owns 29, but no, she owns one of one them. One of them, wow. And so you can imagine the price of the property yes. at the moment compared to the back then. 17 people lived in 29 home... Um, 17? 20, yes, <gasps> yes, 17 people lived in 29... Um, Hanbury Street. I know they went up one day and kind of. No, they're quite they're quite terraced. I okay. think they're like they're, they're the sort of terraces where you've got like the basements and you've got the ground floor. Oh, okay. more, more like a townhouse. Okay, That's yeah. what they look like. They are terraces, but they're more of a townhouse. They're not like the typical Victorian slums. They're more yeah. like that. Okay. And um, in the backyard was the like the washing like the communal uh, lavatory. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the men who lived there, Michael John Davies, he came out at about six a.m. And he found her uh, in between the fence and the back step. Wow. He noticed her throat had been cut right down to the spinal cord. So, yeah, he's run off and uh, got a policeman. Mm-hmm. Um, on examination, yes. So she'd been killed by having her throat cut right down to the spinal cord. So it sounds like she was almost decapitated to me. Wow. Um, her skirts had been pulled up. Mm-hmm. And he had gutted her so he'd removed her intestines and oddly enough placed them over her shoulder so he put them over her left shoulder right and he removed her womb and took it with him um now an eyewitness account places her at hanbury street at 5 30 a.m talking with a man 
So literally half an hour before she's found. Half an hour before she's found, yeah. Right. So this is a very, very speedy yeah. um, crime. Yeah. Yeah, very speedy crime. Um, this would lead to speculation about whether or not the perpetrator was actually a surgeon. Okay. That you hear this a lot. There's always um, speculation that maybe he was a doctor, a surgeon, yeah. or probably more likely a butcher. Right. So he, he would have had probably some idea of anatomy to have mm-hmm. gone straight to the know where the intestines are and the womb are. Yeah. In like you say, it's five thirty in the morning in September. It's going to be dark. Yeah. There'll be smog. He's not working in the best conditions. Yeah. Um, but he still managed to achieve that. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's why that's what they thought. Um, the police didn't find any clues whatsoever, but later on they did find a leather apron in the, at the crime scene. Right. Um, just a clean leather apron. Um, immediately, this roused this. Um, all of the local people thought that it belonged to a Jewish man. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was a, a big kind of. Um, persecution, yeah, yeah anti-Semitic persecution. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, um, and it turned out after a couple of days, they discovered that the open actually belonged to a, re- a local resident, somebody who lived in Hanbury Street, claimed it and said, "Oh no, that's mine. I just left it outside." Oh, okay. So it was absolutely nothing to do, nothing to with, do with the, the person who had killed um, Annie Chapman uh-huh. whatsoever. Um, around about this time, the Metro- Metropolitan Police and City Police they decided to bring in Inspector Frederick Aberline. He's quite a famous detective. Right. Um, in early September 1988, uh, they they chose him because he had actually spent about 14 years working in this area and he, earlier in his career. So yeah. he had a good local knowledge. Mm-hmm. He knew all of the like local criminals and yeah, he had good local knowledge. He was uh, he was seen as the ideal person to catch this um, this guy this guy this it. murderer. Have they linked the two murders by now or not? Well, they have linked them, yeah, they yep. have. Um, Hanbury Street is less than a mile from Bucks Row. Okay. Um, which is where um, Mary Nichols uh-huh. was um, was found. Right. So, um, yeah, they've connected them. It's the same, like you said, same MO. Yeah. They've connected them and the local population are demanding something's done about it. They've absolutely had enough of it. Yeah. Um. So, yes, that's that's that. Bearing in mind as well, as you say, they're the two main victims, victims. of Jack the Ripper. But mm. while that's going on, let me get me trusted out timeline. Yeah. You've had an Emma Smith killed in April the 3rd, 88, by gang-related crimes. So not Jack, but I'm just going to mm. say there's a lot of murders going on. Yeah. Within this timeline as well, you've got a seventh of August, the Martha Tom Tobin. Yes, I've read about her. She's been found stabbed to death, and mm. she was a prostitute. So, what my theory might be is, some might be related because a serial killer doesn't really do the most gruesomest of murders at first. So it yeah. could be a an le- escalation. Yeah, an escalation. Yeah, exactly. So it could be. So that's. Another two to add to the list of the Whitechapel murders. Obviously, as I'm saying, they're not going to be Jack the Ripper, but mm. a lot of murders are happening at this time. So the yeah. local residents are going to be peeved, aren't they? They're, they're going to be... You You would. You, you want something done. It's not safe. Everyone's going to be fear, fearing for their life. Yeah, and at that point, they decided to... Um, the, local, the local community put together the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, that was well, that was October sixteenth, eighteen eighty eight. Yeah, uh, headed by a man called George Lusk, who we'll feature a bit later on. Okay, so should we go on to the night of the thirtieth? Yeah, so this is the night of the double, yeah. the double, double murder, the double murder. Yes, it's um, the thirtieth of September now, eighty eight. So Jack's returned, and he's killed two women in less than an hour, which mm. is absolutely crazy to think. Yeah. So we both know. The re- or kind of, we're guessing the reasons why in this. Um, so the first victim was an Elizabeth Stride. Yeah. And a body was found by a Lewis at 1am in a dark yard off of Burning Street, Burner Street, sorry. Mm-hmm. But she's only had a throat cut and the rest of the body hadn't been touched at all. So this led police and us, I'm guessing, to believe that he'd been interrupted mm. by a Lewis arriving and fled. So again, he's there. Yeah. He's at the scene. 
is doing these horrible things to women mm-hmm. and been interrupted and fled again. So this is the second time I think he's done that. Yeah. So, that, yeah, it's just a bit, it's scary. And then, um, do you want to do the next one? Yeah, so now we're moving on to his fourth victim, Catherine Eddowes. Um, now, she was a lady who, again, she was just a casual casual sex worker. She didn't, she wasn't usually a, a full-time prostitute. Mm-hmm. Um, that evening, she'd just been, she just, it sounds like she'd just been on the piece with her friends. Yeah. She used to sing really loudly, and she was really, really hammered. She, um, policemen tried to send her home, and she couldn't stand up. Oh, wow. So yeah. he took her to Bishopsgate Police Station. Okay. To sober up. So she, he popped her in a cell. She fell asleep. Eventually, she woke up, and she said, oh, I've sobered up enough now. Can I go home? hmm So, yeah, this was around about the time that uh, your... What was the name of your lady? So, her name was Elizabeth Stride. Yeah, so around about... This is chilling. This is chilling in the, the timeline factor, yeah. how it crosses over. Yeah. Around about the time that Elizabeth Stride is being... Body is being discovered is when Catherine Eddowes has been released from... Oh, from Bishopsgate prison. Um, yeah, from Bishop, yeah. Bishopsgate Police Station. <clears throat> yeah, that's awful, isn't it? If that had veiled onto her. Yeah, exactly. So they they let her go at about five to one. Now, if you're walking at a decent pace, it takes about ten minutes to get mm-hmm. to Mitre Square. Yeah. Um, but she probably wasn't. She was probably mo- poodling along. Yeah. So let's say she gets to um, Mitre Square at about quarter past one, something yeah. like that. She is, uh, then there's a few eyewitnesses, actually. Oh, wow. Three men are walking home from their um, club. Mm-hmm. And they see her, a woman fitting her description, talking to a man. And this was on the corner of Mitre Square. This was at one thirty in the morning. Right. Um, they describe him as around about five foot nine, thirty 30 years old-ish. Fair appearance with a moustache, loose-fitting jacket appearance and a sailor peaked cloth cap. Which mm. is quite odd because all of the um, depictions of Jack the Ripper is that he's got a cape and a, a top, top hat, hat and yeah. a cane. He's yeah. well-to-do, yeah. sinister kind of, a bit like a Count Jack killer kind yeah. of person, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, the fact that he's in more of a working man's clothing... It's really odd, yeah. Yeah, it is. I wonder where that whole top hat thing came from, really. Perhaps it was earlier suspects and things like that when people were suspecting, like, Queen Victoria's son and things like that. Yeah. Um, but this oh, do- yeah. this fits more with the appearance of the sort of people I think probably did live in that yeah. area at the time. Yeah, I think definitely. if you lived in Whitechapel and went around dressed like that, you'd stick out like a sock. That's what I was just going to say to you. Everyone would recognise you yeah. and everyone would say, well, yeah, that's... That's yeah. the fellow who wears the top hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the cane. And the cane, yeah. Um, so we've got uh, the local uh, the local beat, uh, Bobby, the Bobby on the beat, yeah. that area was a bloke called PC Watkins. So uh, every 15 minutes he patrolled Mitre Square. Right. So his beat took him on a, on a area that covered 15 minutes, he come back to the beginning. Yeah. So 46-year-old um, Catherine Eddowes, her body was discovered by PC Watkins at 1.44am. So that gives us just a time span of, what, 14 minutes between the eyewitnesses yeah. spotting her at one thirty, yeah. and her body being discovered. Really not very long at all. No. Um, upon examination, she had been killed by the same MO. Her throat, throat had been cut. Uh, the windpipe had been cut. The blood vessels had also been cut. Mm. Um, he had gone to town on this lady a bit more, unfortunately. Um, he'd opened up her admin... Ad- I can't say it either now. Abdomen. I'm rubbing <laughs> off on you. <laughs> <laughs> it had been carved open and her left kidney had been removed. Oh, that's intriguing. Yeah, it's just, it's a trophy, obviously, isn't yeah. it? A lot of serial killers like to take trophies. Yeah. Um, again, you, you go to Mitre Square, it's that time in the morning, it's pitch black. Yeah. And he's working in the dark, so he must have had some kind of knife Knowledge. skill, I think. Yeah. Um, also, this lady had been... Um, mutilated in the face. Right. So, so her eyelids are it, it is a first, yeah. Her eyelids have been cut through mm-hmm. and um the tip of her nose had almost been removed. And right. then he'd carved out a couple of triangular shaped incisions on her cheeks. Okay. So when rolled up it looked like triangles of like flaps of triangular oh. skin. And um funnily enough you do online now there are um photos of the post mortem pictures. Okay. So you can see it you can see where the um coroner's stitched her back together, oh, but her face is very mutilated. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, even though it's poor quality photographs from that age mm-hmm. and black and white, 
it doesn't really take away the impact of the crime and how uh, how bad it looks. Yeah. yeah, you can see this poor lady, you know, I doubt if her family could have recognised her. That's awful. Once that was done. Yeah. So, yeah, immediately afterwards, obviously it's a policeman that finds her this mm-hmm. time, so there's no delay. Right. Immediately. Um, obviously he... Um, they noticed that a piece of her apron had been torn off and removed. Okay. The police. So, obviously, more police officers arrive and um, they find, they start examining, they're looking for him, they're mm-hmm. examining the crime scene, etc. Um, they, one of the police officers finds there's a, there's a tiny little alleyway just off of Mitre Square and drawn on the wall was this very famous ins- inscription. Yeah. Drawn in chalk, which said, The Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Um, the reason why we don't know how a- the accuracy of this is yeah. because nobody photographed it. Um, because the word Jews was written on there, mm-hmm. and there had been all these um, anti-Semitism yeah. riots, persecution, yeah. people getting beaten up. up. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, the the um, detective that was in charge of the case made the decision to clean it off before day broke. Oh, because he said, "There's, I think I don't blame him really in hindsight because there would be people walking to work, they would yeah. see this inscription, they'd know two women had just been butchered. Yeah. It, who knows what would have happened? Yeah. So, unfortunately, we only have the pocketbook um, copy. Mm-hmm. So the the um, the policeman that was there copied it into his book, mm-hmm. noted it down. So we don't know if there's poor um, spending mistakes with with our or not, it's accurate or not. Yeah, if it's come from if, Jack or it's come exactly. from the policeman, right. And also, it's quite dubious as to whether if you've just killed somebody, you would then start drawing, writing things on the yeah. wall. There's every chance that that inscription was probably written by somebody else the and day before. Yeah, yeah, just a bit of anti-Semitic yeah. graffiti. But they're grabbing at straws, I'm guessing, by now. Just yes, anything. they are, because they've got no clothes, Lauren. No. They've got no clothes no. at all. So this was seen as quite a decent clue, but yeah. nothing came of it. Right. Um, anyway, so moving on to uh, 2.20 a.m., mm-hmm. um, there is a policeman walking along Galston Street. Right. Um, looking for this scrap, look, looking for Jack the Ripper, but also looking for this scrap of apron. So what are they thinking? It's come off while she was walking with Jack? Yeah, or? they don't know. All they can see is that it's just freshly been it's torn just, off okay. a piece of apron. Okay. So they're looking for that as a clue. They're thinking, you know, well, let's try and find yeah. a scrap of apron. yeah. Clutching at straws. Uh, yeah, exactly, because they can't find him. No. They're so close to... They're so close to catching him yeah. every single time, but he just seems to just disappear into the yeah. shadows. Yeah. Which makes me think he must have been a local man to yeah. have that sort knowledge. of local knowledge yeah, of where to disappear, to, to thoroughly yeah. disappear. Yeah, I agree. Um, And also, I think maybe he must have had some friends that were helping him as well, because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't... If yeah. it was a stranger just lurking around, people would have, mm-hmm. would have probably just pointed him out and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, at, t- at twenty past two, the man is walking on Gawson Street. He's doing house to house searches. Mm-hmm. He's looking, looking, looking. Only at two fifty five a.m. So what's that? About three quarters of an hour later, mm-hmm. he finds a scrap of. Apron. He never. He does. He found it. So within that 45-minute period, Jack yeah. the Ripper has been in that area, in wow. that Gorston Street area. How far are we talking? Um, we it's not very far at okay. all. It's okay. in the okay. same area. Okay. It's not very far at all because they're doing like house-to-house searches. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he'd ripped off that piece of apron to clean himself up because it's oh. covered in her blood. Right. And it looks like the knife has been wiped put on it oh. as well. Right. And then he's just discarded it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This showed which direction he'd fled. He'd fled east from Mitre Square to Galston Road. Mm -hmm. So again, it does show that he's probably from that area. area, He's he's heading more into the east Mm -hmm. instead of to the west, which would have been out of the area. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It makes me think he's a local man. Not a um, um he would to, to be able to run away and get away from the police that yeah. quickly. You must know those streets like the back of your hand because yeah. they are like a warren back then. There's slums and streets mm-hmm. and alleyways mm-hmm. and tight little roads. And mm-hmm. you've got to remember as well, there wasn't really any street lighting, so no, you can't really see again, anything. Dark, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it tells me that he's probably born and raised there. He yeah, knows those streets like the back of his hand. Definitely. So again, the police have got now got two dead. Women on their hands, mm. and they're still none, none the wiser about who it could be. Yeah. Um. So that moves us on to um, the night of. So yeah, that was it really. He went dormant for quite a while after that. Quiet. Yeah, he did. And then on the twenty seventh of September, was there not a letter sent? Was yeah. it that, was that the date? Have I got that date right? So you've got the uh, you've got the timeline there, haven't you? Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying because that would have been before the double murder, if that's the case. Let me just check. So, I've, yeah, I've got the 27th. Check my findings. Is the first letter the dear boss letter mm-hmm. is uh, dated the 27th of September? Yeah. Well, it was received. Yeah. On the 27th of so September. So that's literally three days before the double murder. I've that out, it sorry. is, yeah, no, that's right. So that, yeah, so it is. That's three days before. Well, it was dated the twenty fifth of September. So yeah, yeah. So Jack the Ripper has sent it five days before yep. the the double murder crime. And the reason why this, um, why people believe this is, well, the police believe this was genuinely uh-huh. from him. It was because he mentioned clipping off his next victim's ears. Right. Edo's, Catherine Edo's yeah. was found with one earlobe severed. So maybe that's again another reason why he done the two in the same night because he didn't get the chance to do that to Elizabeth Strides mm. and to prove that it was him. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good theory actually. Yeah, yeah he had to do that to prove that to that was prove, him. Yeah. Do you want me to read out the Dear Boss letter? Yeah, please. Uh, so this was received by the Central News Agency on the mm-hmm. 27th September. And then a couple of days later, they sent it on to Scotland Yard. Right. So I think that's interesting that he sent it to the press. Yeah. Instead of to the police. It feels a bit like he wants that notoriety. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's wanting to claim a little bit of glory. Yeah. It does definitely sound like that. Dear boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. That joke about leather apron gave me real fits. Oh. I'm down on whores and I shan't quit ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger bottle over the last job to write with, but it went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is thick enough, I hope. Ha ha. Vile. So he's talking about he kept some blood mm. um, from Annie Chapman with the intention of writing. Oh, jeez, this guy sounds like he's... It's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Absolutely awful. The next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send to the police office just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do more work, then give it out straight. My knife's so nice and sharp, I want to get it to work right away if I get a chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Don't mind me giving the trade name. P.S. Wasn't good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands. Curse it. No luck yet. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha ha. 
So he's clearly following the, <coughs> the stories. Excuse me. Bless you. He's clearing the stories of. Ja he's clearly following the stories in the newspapers he of is. the crimes, and he's relishing it. You know, one thing I want to say at this time and age, like end of the area, he's quite well spoken for a local man. Yeah. That's a lot of people a were worrying. illiterate then as well, yeah. weren't they? So, although That's there's a lot, quite, of, there's yeah. a lot of spelling mistakes. There are a lot of spelling okay. mistakes and grammatical errors. Okay. But to, yeah, to I know. word it, Harry's worded it. Yeah, it takes some sort of education. Yes, yeah, definitely. It shows he's got a certain level of education. <sighs> yeah, it's a bit. It's just yeah, it's not nice, and it's very taunting, isn't it? And it's very. Mm. Yeah, frustrating. I'm guessing for the police at this point. Yeah, because he's taunting them, yeah. isn't he? And then we've got the Saucy Jack postcard. October the 1st, this is. So this is literally a the day... day after to, the double mur yeah, murders. So yeah, because that was the 30th of September. Yeah, so this is the day after, yeah. So again, the Central News Agency received it on October the 1st, mm -hmm. the same day as its postmark. The writer's handwriting on the postcard was very similar to the Dear Boss letter. Right. So it made them take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And it mentions the double event... Which oh, was really? Seen as um, referring to the double murders of Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes. Right. It reads I was not codding, dear old Bess, when I gave you the tip. You'll hear about Saucy Jack's work tomorrow. Double event this time. Number one squealed a bit, couldn't finish straight off. Had, no, had not got time to get ears off for police. Thanks for keeping last letter. Back till I got to work again. Jack the Ripper. <sighs> yeah, that's taunting him. That's just. That's just taunting It really is, isn't it? Yeah. That is literally just saying, this is me. And I quite believe, I'm quite happy to say that yeah. I believe that's him again. Yes, I do as well. It sounds like it's a similar kind of, uh, it just sounds like the same writer to me. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. And then we've got the last one here. So this is the infamous From Hell letter. Yeah. And this was... Um, this was posted to George Lusk, who we mentioned earlier, who's uh -huh. the head of the Whitechapel Vigilante, yeah. Vig uh, Vigilance Committee. Um, and it's, it was received, let me see, the postmark was the 15th of October, and it was received the day after on the 16th of October. Okay. And this was the one, this was, um, no, and this was, this is kind of gruesome. Yeah. This wasn't just a letter, it turned up in a package. Right. So there was the letter, and uh -huh. also contained in the package was... A human kidney, nice. half a human oh, kidney, which was oldie. identified as human and female. So, um, wow. yeah, and a female, who, yeah, exactly. And so we know there's a kidney missing. missing. <laughs> yes, don't we? Uh, yes, from uh, Catherine Eddowes, Kate Eddowes. So then, right again, what I'm thinking is, you know, we were saying about trophies. Yeah, he wouldn't have sent off. I don't believe a trophy if he was going to keep them. Well, this is. So where's the wound? Wait till you finish me reading the okay, letter because okay. this might answer your okay. question. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. I know what you mean. It says, from hell, mm -hmm. Mr. Lusk saw, I send you half the kidney I took from one woman, preserved it for you, t'other piece I fried and ate it. <gasps> it was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out if you only wait a while longer. Signed. Catch me when you can, Mr. Luck. Oh, my God. So he did keep the other half of his trophy oh, by consuming it. Consuming it well. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is awful. Absolutely. So he's a cannibal as well. Yeah. The kidney had been, had been preserved <sighs> in alcohol. I, I just had no words. No words exactly. for that. I didn't know that. If, that's... That, if that's true, that is pretty grim, but... People were saying maybe students could have, you know, medical students could have done it just for a joke. Right. Because um, there's no way of proving whether or not it, it belonged, that kidney belonged to Catherine. Okay. And not. what's the spelling like? Is it similar? Written the writing similar? Yeah, the spelling, the sp uh, spelling? <laughs> the spelling is appalling. Uh, to be fair, it's got to be from the same person because it's her kidney. Uh, and we know it's her kidney, right? Kidney. Yeah, we know it's a woman's kidney. Okay. Of, like, the age is the same, is the right sort okay. of age. But then people, some of the police, you know, they have to be open-minded mm -hmm. about it. They were saying it could easily have been medical students right. just larking around. Okay. But okay. that is taken quite seriously. Oh, As a genuine me. Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Um, thing. So, yeah, he lies dormant for a while. 
who knows? There's lots of speculation why he lays dormant for a while. Maybe he moved away. Maybe he did a brief spell in prison mm-hmm. for something else. Maybe well, he, this he wasn't will go well. on to suspects, I'm guessing, as well. Yeah. There could be a reason. Exactly. So this is his uh, final victim, poor Mary Jane Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, she was much younger than the other ladies. She was only 25 uh-huh. when she um, met Jack the Ripper. Um, she was from Wales. She'd married and um, it hadn't worked out. Her partner, she moved to London and she hired a, a little room, a little house in uh, Miller's Court, which was off Dorset Street. Right. Um, when I did like the last Jack the Ripper walk, the guy told me about Dorset Street and he recommended I buy a book and it's called Dorset Street, the worst street in London or something like that. Yeah. And it's really interesting. It gives you a good insight into what it was like there. Oh, okay. Um, so many, so many people coming from Ireland. Really? Lots and lots and lots of Irish immigrants. Wow. Um, and it, the overcrowding would have just been awful. But this is, this is, and this is a road where Mary Kelly lived. Okay. So she was behind with her rent. Her partner, who she was living with, Joseph Barnett, mm-hmm. um, he, he had a job at Billingsgate Fish Market, but he'd just been laid off. So money was getting really tight. Yeah. Um, so Mary did her, just when, when times were really tough, he forced her to solicit herself. Uh, sell herself, yeah. Yeah, precisely. And um, they're falling behind with the rent. So um, Joseph, her boyfriend, he had moved out as well. They, they were having problems. They kept arguing. Okay. They'd actually smashed one of the windows in one of their arguments. Oh. And it had been um, boarded up with some old rags and okay. an old coat. So he'd left her, but he still popped round and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that evening, on the, uh, no- on the 9th of um, November... He had um, popped round. I'm sorry, it was the 8th. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Okay? It was the 8th of November. Yep. He'd popped round to, uh, to visit her and he left her at about 7.30 to 7.45. Right. Um, and she had she had um, gone out. So she must have gone out and found um, like prostit- you know, to get some money mm-hmm. as a prostitute. Um. At 4am, there are no, there are shouts now. You can People in Mitre Square hear the words, Oh, murder. But no one cares. It's a very rough neighbourhood. And you hear things like this all the time. So no one cares. No one goes Someone to investigate. No one even looks to say. No one looks at all. <coughs> right. 10.45am, mm-hmm. um, her landlord um, sends his assistant round to get the rent money because she's fallen behind. Right. They're like, enough is enough. We're going around there, banging on the door. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he looks through the window and sees the room is absolutely smothered with blood. Oh, God. There's blood everywhere. So what time's this? This is at quarter to 11 in the morning. Right, so it's light enough to see again. Yeah, yeah, so it's light enough to see even on a smoggy November day. Um, he runs back and he tells his um, his boss what he's discovered. So the two men come back, they get the police mm-hmm. on the way and they go in and they, see, they say, I never, ever want to see anything like that again. The, the room... They, they, the, both the men will say they can never get it out of their minds. Oh, no. It traumatises them for the rest of their lives. Oh, no. So, walk into the room. Her body's on the bed, mm-hmm. laid out on her back. Um, there's a big pile of flesh on the bedside table. Um, her face was completely mutilated. Her eyes were wide open. Uh, the surface of her abdomen and her thighs had been removed, and that was the pile of flesh that was on the bedside table so he'd cut he'd removed skin and muscle and tissue from her legs and from her stomach and put them on the table um the neck had been again severed right down to the bone um the 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 insides her internal organs had been put underneath her right and in between her feet right her breasts had been removed and put under her head really unusual why very he, very yeah. odd behaviour. I can't even understand for a why we, yeah, why is he doing putting mm. things underneath her? Yeah, exactly. He's obviously in his head, I know this sounds ridiculous and ludicrous, but in his head he has a reason, a valid reason mm. for doing these things. Do you know what I mean? Because why would you do that? But it's yeah. you just can't understand. Yeah. See what I mean? I do, absolutely. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, yes, yeah, so, um, sorry, big pardon. Her arms have been mutilated as well. 
Um, yeah, like I say, it's absolutely tragic for, he's gone to for town, her. Hasn't yeah, he? he has because he's because he's um, undisturbed. So you've got to th you've got to imagine. I mean, the way I see it, if he hadn't killed the earlier victims on the street, mm -hmm. they would probably would have all have ended up like Mary Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had privacy. He had no one to disturb him. He could yeah. actually fulfil the whole entire fantasy that he had in his head. He could do. He could go to town, yeah. take his time, yeah. and yeah. literally butcher this woman beyond yeah. all recognition. Awful. Absolutely mm. awful. Exactly. Um, right. I think that brings us to the end. Mary Kelly was the last, last victim. victim. Known victim. I'm just going to quickly add a few names to the Whitechapel murders. Yeah. Just because I included them at the beginning. So. Mm -hmm. so on the 20th of December, we've got a Rose Milet, I think. So she's been added to it. Then we've got, a, then there's nothing for a while. And then July 1889, there's an Alice Mackenzie. Mm -hmm. And she's found in Castle Alley off of Whitechapel in High Street. There's an unknown woman found, and it's just a mutilated torso. Oh, my goodness. On the 10th of September, 1889. Mm -hmm. And then Francis Coles, sorry, is found Feb 1891. Mm -hmm. And so these are all to do with the... As I said, I went down a bit of a yeah. thingy, but then the case then closes, the Whitechapel murders, but... The Jack the Ripper victims mm -hmm. are included in these. Yeah. So even though the others are not presumed Jack the Ripper victims, they are all part of this one case, mm -hmm. which is the Whitechapel murders. So, yeah, so um, I've just thought I didn't put them in quickly. Yeah, like you say, it was such a, it was such a rough area. Yeah. That there was women being slashed up all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. I'm really intrigued now to this part of the episode. Yeah, this is... So, who do we think? So, I have got one... Sorry, I should have written this down. Two, three, four, five. And I believe my fifth one is the one I'm leaning towards. There's loads. <laughs> I've only got one. <laughs> oh, okay. So, go on. You go to yawn. My suspect is a man called Jacob Levy, a local Jewish man. Mm -hmm. uh, he lived. He was from Allgate, but he lived at 11 uh, Fieldgate Street in Whitechapel, according to the 1881 census. Okay. And his occupation, was a butcher. Right. There we are. So if he's walking go. around with blood on him and stuff, yeah. no one's going to really bat an eyelid. Yeah. Um, plus, he's very used to cutting up carcasses. Right. Very used to handling a knife. He'll have a basic uh, knowledge of anatomy. Mm -hmm. Um. Now, I think the reason why he got away with it, especially on the, the double murder night, right. one of the um, eyewitnesses yeah. that saw Catherine Meadows with potentially Jack the, Rip Jack the Ripper right. about a quarter of an hour before her body was found was a man called Joseph Hyam Levy. In no way, he was also a Jewish butcher. These two men had shops down the same road, right. so they either were either were related, mm -hmm. they had the same surname, or they would have known it, known each other. Yeah, hundred percent. They've yeah. got the same surname. They've got the same job. Yeah, down the same road. They're the same. Yeah, they're gonna know each other. Yeah, and they're both Jewish. Yeah, you got to bear in mind all the anti-Semitism that's going on at mm -hmm. this point. I believe my theory is Joseph Hyam Levy has noticed, maybe recognised Jacob Levy, put put two and two together. Obviously, Jacob Levy as well is known to have a temper. He's a violent person. Right. He has psychotic outbursts. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, looking at it, um, he has not told the police his, mm -hmm. suspi his suspicions mm -hmm. and tried to deal. They've tried to deal with it in their community. Right. Because not long after. Um, Mary Kelly, mm -hmm. this Jacob Levy gets put into a asylum where he, he eventually dies. Right. He lives there for the rest of his life. Okay. So he's taken out of the equation. Right. Um, yeah, so also the police noted during the interview process, Joseph Levy, they felt he was holding something back. Right. They felt that he knew more than he was letting on, but, but he, and that he was being secretive. Right. So that's my suspicion. Um, Jacob Levy, I think... That sounds really good, and it sounds very plausible, doesn't it? Yeah, 
I think so. He's not on my list at all, at all, so I didn't even come across him when I was researching it. Oh, okay. How mad's that? And I've, as I say, I've got a list of five that was come close. I'm, I've whittled it down to two. Go on then. So the first one is called Cold Fegan, and he's a German merchant sailor, and he's known as a psycho. Mm. He's, um, yeah, and he's confessed to mutating women. His own lawyers believed at the time that he was Jack the Ripper, and he went by many aliases. Sorry. Okay. So, the reason why he's been pointed out to one of them was his ships were docked by Whitechapel, mm -hmm. and records prove he was working in Whitechapel every single day of the known five murders. Every oh, single day. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So the dates all add up? Yeah, and this is the scary thing. So after the last victim, he's moved to America. And in America, he was convicted of murdering a woman. And he was sent to the electric chair. Uh, chair so he's dead. Oh, but okay. the murder had striking similarities to all the Jack the Ripper cases. So there's a lot of circumstantial evidence surrounding him then? 100%, mm. yeah. And I said so that one stuck in my mind because, yeah, he's mm. about at the time he's yeah. gone to America. Again, it, it's like every single suspect. It I think is. There's so many yeah. circumstances, isn't it? And then my other one was this Walter Sickert, I think his name. Yeah, I read about him. So he's only been a recent mm. suspect, hasn't he? Yeah. So from the 70s, I think. And he's been believed to be behind the murders um, since then so he was an artist who drew prostitutes and um, sorry he was born in Munich in 1860 and moved to London um, in 1869 and in his painting some believe that he was used to insert clues and symbols about all the Jack the Ripper oh that's interesting yeah artwork so some suggest the clues are so similar that only the killer would have known and painted them at the time. Okay. So no one would have known the clues and the symbols that he would have put in there unless yeah. he was the killer. And then it's also believed he's had several surgeries on his penis because he was impotent. Mm. And we know what happens with serial killers. They become impotent because yeah. of their sexual gratification. Then yeah. he's completely skewed. If, if, yeah, that the right way of saying it. It's frustration, isn't yes. it? They lash out in frustration. <clears throat> yeah, so that's why they think he targeted prostitutes um, so brutally. Um, killers through history have been proven impotent and acts of killing becomes their only means of sexual fulfilment. Mm. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. So Cornwall, the, um, she's an author. Mm. And she found, I cannot pronounce this and it's going to drive me mad, <laughs> right? A mito chardinal. Is it DNA? Okay. On several of the Jack the Ripper letters. Oh, really? Yeah. Which were a match. Yeah. That, and they were also a match on several little, uh, several letters written by this guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's trying to link it with DNA evidence yeah, as well. Yeah, as well as... Yeah, they're a match of yeah, the spellings and, they... and that by letters oh. written by the same guy. I know, that's the thing. Every time you look at someone, you think, oh, it's got to be him. Oh, I, I've yeah. been there the whole time I was looking at suspects. I was like, he's definitely done it. No, 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 <laughs> he's done it. Hang on a minute, no, he's done it. I know. The whole time, I've, and this is the crazy thing, we're never going to know. No. The reason I picked mine was just because I became convinced, the more I've read about this case, that this man must have lived in that area. Mm -hmm. He must have known the streets like the back mm -hmm. of his hand, so it couldn't have been someone who wasn't local. No, and you kept saying about being at the butcher, it had to be a knowledge of the... Yeah, a little bit of knowledge about the yeah. internal organs and things like that. Yeah. So who have you got for your six degrees of separation oh, this week, let Laws? me get it up. So I've gone with Michael Caine. So he was the leading detective in the TV series. Oh, okay. Um, so there was a TV series that I don't know what decade it was. I think I, I think might have it seen was, it. Well, it I might have read um, No, I haven't read the date, Dan. Did Brilliant. he play Inspector Abilene? Yes. Yeah, I think I did. I think I remember. Yeah, that. Inspector Frederick Aberline. So he was in, obviously, the Jack the Ripper miniseries. 
So Michael Caine, and he was in A Bridge Too Far with John Reisenberger. Mm -hmm. And he was in She's Having a Baby with <laughs> Kevin Bacon. That was quick. Well done. Very quick. So I got it in one, two, three, four. Oh, well done. That was very good. Yeah. So yeah. I went with, um, there was a TV show that I used to absolutely love called Whitechapel. Ah, oh, loved that program. Yeah, that was Amazing. brilliant, that was. Yeah. So I went with that. And um, there was, one of the stars of that is a man called, an actor called Steve Pemberton. Mm -hmm. I really love him. He's a brilliant actor. And he starred in one of my favourite programmes called Psychoville. Right. Uh, one of the other people that was in Psychoville was an actress called Imelda Staunton. Mm -hmm. Who, uh, she plays um, that really horrible headmistress in Harry Potter. Oh. The one who wears pink yes. all the time. So, yeah, so she's in Harry Potter and also Warwick Davis with Warwick Davis. Yep. He's also in the Harry Potter franchise. Yep. Who also famously starred in Return of the Jedi, right. Star Wars film, co-starring with Harrison Ford. Uh-huh. He starred in Indiana Jones, obviously. Hey. Yep. With an actress called Karen Allen. Yep. So she's in the first one, then she was in The Crystal Skull. Right. Um, Karen Allen starred in a film back in the 80s called National Lampoon's Animal yes. House with... Kevin Bacon. I think I well just done. about squeezed in the six there. So well done. Yeah, yeah, I'm amazed. Well done. You <laughs> it got... was really hard. That takes ages. That does. He does. He but really yeah. does. So we're going to sign off now. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. We've had a lovely time researching Jack the Ripper. Oh, uh, we could easily have done this as a two-parter. Yeah, it, there's so much in it. Like, as I say, mm. I've spent three hours just on the Whitechapel murders, let alone anything Jack the Ripper, yeah, really. Yeah, there's so, so much. There really is. And so, um, we'll let you know when we go on our tour. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the meantime, take care, and we will catch up with you next week. Bye. Bye.